Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 through 17, called Getting Back on Track. Holman says drooping arms and tired knees are a picture of a person utterly exhausted, hitting the wall. And what would a track coach do if they saw you hitting that proverbial wall? Let's just say that uh, you had a loved one running a marathon and, and you were at some point along the 26.2 miles and they're passing you and, you and you look at them and you're like, oh no, they're in trouble. They've only run a half a mile. They're done, <laughs> right? You want to hand them that cup of water or whatever. But you might give them encouragement. What might you say? You can make it. You can do it. Go, 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 go. You know, something like that. And that could help, right? Some, sometimes just a word of encouragement could boost your spirits or maybe some self-talk or someone riding with you. you let's say you're riding a bike and, and someone pushes you a little bit up, up the next hill. It's that kind of thing. Eliphaz, the Temanite, encouraged Job with these words. He said, behold, you've, admo- you've admonished many, Job 4, 3 and 4, if you're taking notes. You've strengthened weak hands. Your words have helped the tottering to stand. You have strengthened feeble knees. Job 4, 3 and 4. So I want to just say, from the standpoint of the body of Christ, you can do that too. When you are a discipler, when you're a spiritual coach, when you're pouring into other people, when you have a, you lead a Bible study, you do something spiritually, and you're pouring into others, That's something that you can do. Because remember, the analogy here is not just you alone on a track. It's there's a cloud of witnesses. There's others, runners running. And if I could say to you, if I saw you starting to hit the wall, go, go, go. You can make it. Don't give up. I'm right here with you. There's a strength in that. Job did that for other people. He strengthened weak hands and feeble knees. The writer, and you're going to notice this all throughout from different portions of scripture, quotes uh, borrowing language from Isaiah 35.3. If you're taking notes, it reads this way. Isaiah 35.3 says, encourage the exhausted, strengthen the feeble. Later, the writer will uh, call this the highway to holiness. I think it's about verse 11 of Isaiah 35, somewhere in there. The highway to holiness, kind of this running imagery again. And you may remember if you were here on Sunday, that Jesus quoted Isaiah 35 to show John the Baptist that he was the Messiah and he was strengthening feeble body parts and his words were meant to strengthen John the Baptist in prison. And so this same section now quoted by the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, what do you do now? You got to get back into training. What do you do now? You need to focus on areas that are weak. Coaches will often say that you're only as good as your weakest player. You're only as good as your weakest player. I remember some years back, we had a a little league team, and we had a a young man that wasn't the greatest baseball player, and and he was having a tough time of it. 
And uh, the kids were not cutting in much of a break. I was coaching about 10 and 11-year-olds. We had a few 12-year-olds on the team. And we had a great season that year. But this particular young man, um, you know, he just, he became kind of a target. And he would sit on the mound in the middle of a practice, put his glove on his head, and just start to cry. And he wouldn't move. And I was trying to hit ground balls. And I was like, dude, (laughs) come on, man. And the kids were chirping at him. And it was, you know... It often turned very dramatic. It was pastoral training. I'm kind of used to it. But anyway, different story. So we were in this tournament game, and uh, we had two outs. uh, We had runners on. And sure enough, this kid came to the plate in the most critical moment of the season. And he had not gotten a hit all year, to to the best of my recollection. And he was almost an automatic strikeout every time he was up. And so he went to the plate, and I was like, all right, <laughs> this is your time. You can do it, baby, you know, giving him all the encouragement. And somehow he made contact. He hit, hit it right back to the pitcher, a little ground ball. And the pitcher caught it, and I thought, game over. And he kind of just did one of those, boom, and he let it go. It went over the first baseman's head, and we won the game. I was so happy for this kid. I was praying curses on the pitcher, you know, Lord, get him right now. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But he threw it away, and it was a glorious moment. And, but sure enough, at the critical moment in this tournament game, our weakest player came to the plate. But I had worked with him all year, and just at that right moment, he was able just to get his bat on the ball, and we ended up winning the game on an error, but still it was a win. What do we do? when we're feeling weak? What do we do when we're weary and tired? How do we get back on track? Well, the joy of the Lord can be your strength, Nehemiah 8.10. Those who look or hope for the Lord or wait for the Lord will gain new strength, Isaiah 40.31. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Literally, gain new strength could be renew or exchange your weakness for God's strength. Now, please hear what I'm about to say really, really well. I am not talking in the spiritual realm about you just working a little bit harder. Because that's not what this is about. I am talking about you leaning into the Lord a little bit harder. I am talking about more dependence on the Lord. I'm talking about you getting a little bit more serious and putting on the clothing of the new man every day. I'm talking about getting more serious about your prayer life. I'm talking about getting more serious about putting on the armor of God, more serious about spiritual warfare, more serious about the dynamics of what make strength in the spiritual realm. And the the sports imageries usually have to do with us working harder, training harder. And there's a component of that. But it's time to cast away despondency and press on or press into the Lord. That's the key. Strengthen those things. Let him strengthen those things that are weak. Verse 13. From an individual to a corporate application, make straight paths for your feet The word your is plural there, so it's probably a corporate um, application. Quoting now, so we had um, a prophet, Isaiah 35 and verse 12. Now we have a proverb. 
This writer is very familiar with scripture. And now he quotes Proverbs 4.26 in verse 13. And he says, so that, he says, make straight paths for your feet, quoting the uh, Septuagint of Proverbs 4.26, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. The NIV reads this way, make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. Now, when you're healing from an injury, you got to be careful about what you do, where you run. So let's just say that you were rehabbing a, a leg injury. It would not be wise to run down a cobblestone street or an uneven field or something like that. You got to be careful, right? You got to pace yourself. You, you've got to make sure that the obstacles are not in your way so that you re-injure yourself, if you will. You got to make straight paths or level paths for your feet so that what's hurting or what is mending, look at the end of verse 13, may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. You don't want to get hurt again. Uh, here's, Here's what can happen. Sometimes you have an athlete, he gets hurt, he goes on the disabled list, and they and he rushes back too quickly, and he's not ready. Uh, recently, one of the Dodgers starting pitchers went down, and he has an elbow injury, and he's out for the year. They just announced it, and you're like, "Well, how did that happen? Wasn't his elbow hurting up to that point?" And we can only guess, right? Maybe they're so focused on keeping their starting job; it's so competitive. Who knows? Sometimes, you know, these guys get these Tommy John surgeries. You guys familiar with that? where they repair a tendon, you know, in your arm. It's happening younger and younger. Some baseball pitchers have had two or three of these. Well, it takes you like two years to come back from that thing, a year and a half, two years. And if you rush coming back and you snap it again, it ain't going to be pretty. Here's a principle. If you've just gone through a time of discipline and and you got an area or two of focus where, you know what, I got to get stronger there. Don't think just because you did push-ups for a week, you can enter a contest. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the powerlifting you know, finals. No, you're not. Just try to do 25 push-ups now instead of you know, 15. Pace yourself. In the spiritual realm, you don't want to get ahead of yourself too quickly. Because if you do, you might get hurt again. I told you guys a story that... It's worth repeating at this point. I, I got hit in a slow-pitch softball game in the nose. I was sliding into home plate. The catcher grabbed the ball at the backs up, you know, just flung it, and it caught Pastor Michael's nose and rearranged my nose, and it will explain a lot to you guys of what's happened right here. But anyway, and I remember, long story short, I was driven home from Orange to Corona in a Jeep with gauze up my nose and not feeling really well. And this Jeep, you felt every bump on the 91 freeway. And I was like, <laughs> in this Jeep. And I was like, there must be a better vehicle after you've just broken your nose and had it, you know, relocated and then put back in place. Could have been a better vehicle. I don't know what the Lord was trying to show me there. But anyway, I was disabled and then more disabled. So you want to do things that will promote healing. So you got to be careful where you are. You got to be careful what you're ready for. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station, an opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. So, you want to do things that will promote healing. So, you got to be careful where you walk. You got to be careful what you're ready for. Example Let's say that someone comes out of addictions to drugs and alcohol. And let's say an evangelism team is going to go witnessing at a place where that stuff is present. Should that person be there? Probably not. Now, could they come to a point where maybe they would be strong enough to handle that after some years? Do you know that they say that, this is what I've heard, that you don't overcome an addiction for at least seven years of not doing that thing. And sometimes we overcome something for a weekend and we think we're ready to conquer the world. And we gotta be careful because we have an enemy that's very clever And sometimes we just get ahead of ourselves. And so the writer quoting from Proverbs 4.26, here's how it reads. It'll be familiar to a lot of you. Watch the path of your feet. He's quoting actually the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament. Watch the path of your feet, Proverbs 4.26, and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. That's Proverbs 4.26-27. Proverbs 4.25 says, let your eyes look directly ahead. Fix your gaze in front of you. Proverbs 4.23, just before this, says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the issues of life, right? So run on level ground. Uh, Don't re-injure yourself. Don't dislocate. Since it's a collective uh, plural, James 5.16 comes to mind. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective Fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. In all our ways, we're to acknowledge him. And what will he do? He will make your paths straight. So that's a lesson, right? I lean more on him. I'm in that process of healing, and he's going to do the work, and uh, he's going to refresh my soul and strengthen me. Next exhortation in verse 14. Pursue peace. Okay, I've learned a little bit about healing, but what do I pursue? Well, pursue peace. Remember, um, peace was mentioned in verse 11. 
after we're disciplined, notice the end of verse 11, it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Verse 14 says, pursue peace. What do I do when I want to get stronger in my spiritual life? I need to pursue peace with all men. And the sanctification, that could be holiness, that connects to verse 12. God disciplines us so that we might share in his holiness. Pursue peace with all men and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now that's a wow. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now every student of the Bible should ask, what does that mean? And how much holiness is required to see the Lord? Well, remember, you are given the holiness of Christ once you become a Christian. You have the righteousness of Christ. But the Bible also calls for practical holiness. We'll come back to that in a second. You need a spiritual workout plan. What is that spiritual workout plan? It's to heal. It's to get better. It's to pursue some things. And one of the things that you pursue is peace. Go back to the race imagery. What should I be chasing in the race? In this case, it's peace. I should pursue it. What does that mean? Well, since it's a horizontal piece, it means if I have broken relationships, if I am mistreating someone in my life, a brother or sister in Christ, that may be why God is disciplining me. And if the big backdrop of the text is how to respond to God's discipline, if daddy spanked me and basically he said, you are not treating this person right and you're offending me and I take that personally and I'm gonna spank you for it, and he's got your attention. Now what do you do? Well, practically speaking, you've got to try to mend that relationship because you're not going to run better until that's settled. Now our writer quotes from a psalm, Psalm 34, 14. Our author's love and knowledge of scripture shines through this entire section. Psalm 34, 14 puts it this way. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. If you have enmity in in a bunch of relationships and you think that you're going to be spiritually healthy, you are mistaken. You cannot say that you love God and hate your brother. Can't. Now you, you and I can all have some relationships that could be better. As much as it depends upon you, live at peace with all people, Romans 12, 18, as much as it depends on you. So if you hit the ball to the other person and they're not playing ball, okay, you do the best you can, but you got to hit the ball. If you haven't hit the ball, then you're not pursuing peace. So essentially what I see here is God is saying, look, in the, in this little Hebrew church, there's probably some division and it could be over theological debates. It could be over people who have backslidden or apostatized. That's the background of, background of much of the book. And so relationships are probably broken within this church. And it has caused people to slow down. Some have left the track. Some have stopped running or they're, you know, they're, they've dropped their arms. I mean, let's face it. When other people are not doing well, maybe people who have run next to us for a long time, our arms sometimes drop when their arms drop. You ever seen a, a team start fighting within? That's when you know you've got them beat. When they start arguing among themselves, you've got them beat. And that's what's happening apparently here in this little Hebrew church. And so he's saying, look, you, 
If you want this to be mended, you're going to have to pursue this peace. And then he talks about pursuing holiness. Um, Notice that's the sanctification uh, middle of 14, without which no one will see the Lord. I would say that's pretty important, whatever that is, because we got to have it (laughs) to see the Lord. So I want to know what it is. And holiness is a byproduct of knowing the Holy One. You know, just like we say, if you're a Christian, there's going to be some fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, it's inevitable. It's got to happen. If you belong to Christ, you're going to show some of that. Yeah, you're going to have times and you're not doing as well, but you're going to show some of it. Well, God disciplines us that we might share his holiness. And God is doing a work to make us holy. 2 Corinthians 7.1 puts it this way. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You've been listening to Getting Back on Track, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 12, verses 12 through 17. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of Walk in Truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. You know, sometimes when we hear messages about getting back on track or pursuing holiness, we might start to question our salvation and think, well, does this mean I got to work my way back to get back on track means to get saved again? I don't think so. I I think getting back on track means you know who you are, you know where you belong, you know how you should be running, but you turned off the track or you slowed down or you fell down. And, And the question is, well, what do you do then? Do you just kneel on the sideline and just wait and wait and wait until days and weeks go by? No, you, you brush yourself off and you get back. Have you ever seen, you know, this is a cool image. Ever seen a runner in a race fall or get tripped, get back up, even with some blood on their knees and get back in the race and at least finish. And in some cases, some runners got back up and won the race. That is what we're talking about. Getting back on track means start running again. And maybe you're not going to be leading the pack immediately, but you'll get back where you need to be if you pursue Christ. Remember, the image is Jesus, our eyes on him. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter. And so getting back on track is getting back to Jesus. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. Hey, I I pray this program's been a blessing to you. Recently, we have been provided an open door to broadcast in Oahu, Hawaii, and the door is open, but we need to raise the funds uh, really by the end of September to take advantage of this opportunity. What does that mean, Pastor Michael? Well, the bottom line is it, it means we need about 125 listening partners, walk in truth partners to commit $20 a month. That's really four people a day for the next month or so. 
And so how do we do that? Well, when you go to walkintruth.com, if you make a commitment to be a monthly recurring giver, and the website will walk you through that, walkintruth.com, you'll see the Hawaii opportunity plastered all over that homepage. And let me just say something personally. I don't get paid to do radio. Um, I do this because it's part of the overflow of the passion I have as a pastor. But I want to share something else with you, and this is not to toot our horn, but my wife and I give to Walk in Truth. I don't make anything from what I do here in terms of radio ministry. We actually give to the ministry. And you say, well, Pastor Michael, why do you give to the ministry? Because we believe in it. Because we believe in its impact and what it's doing. So my wife and I, and of course, you know, the truth is we're we're taken care of by what God's people give, but they give to God and then we are, you know, on the receiving end in terms of support. But we still take some of that pay and we give it to walk in truth. That's where I'm at personally. I believe in it and I want to put feet to that. And the opportunity will sit there unrealized unless we have the partners. That's just the bottom line. So if you want to be one of those partners that helps us get on an additional radio station, go to walkintruth.com, go there today Make that monthly commitment. Maybe you can do more than $20 a month. Maybe 20 is your max, but that would really help us and it would be a blessing. Uh, Go there today, walkintruth.com. Thank you so much. Appreciate your hearts. We'll see you right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 through 17, called Getting Back on Track. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.